morning, everybody. Um, so as Susie said at the start, today is our, it's going to be a bit different. It is our annual Vision Sunday. And um, this is the one Sunday that we set aside um, to, to looking at our vision, to looking ahead, and also to looking back and celebrating and giving thanks for all the things that the Lord has done in and through us over the last year. Um, and of course, it's been a significant year in the life of this church. Back in the autumn, um, I picked up the leadership baton from John and Debbie. Oh, yes. <laughs> Clapping already. Um, from John and Debbie, who planted the church back in 1996. And when John and Debbie um, came here, at that time, they, they wrote what they described as a vision statement, this paragraph of language to describe the type of church that they felt um, stirred by the Lord to come and plant and lead. And this vision statement really remains essentially unchanged as our vision to this day. And so Vision Sunday really is a day where we as a church check our bearings, check our direction of travel against that language. And so we're going to start um, by looking at some of the highlights um, in the last year of what it's looked like in practice to try and be that church. God has called us to build a biblical, growing and diverse church in Nottingham, which will, in a creative and contemporary way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches, and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. Let's take a look at some of the ways we've pursued this vision this last year. video like that can give us a bit of a snapshot, but um, what I'd love to do this morning is spend a bit of time zooming in on some of the words and the phrases in our vision statement and just looking at what it's looked like this year. So first, um, biblical. We believe that God has called us to build a church that is biblically based. 
Um, whatever we do, we want to see this book, the Bible, God's Word, as our primary source of truth and direction and authority. And, you know, this is why, for example, every week we do sermons, we get the Bible out. Um, and I feel like we, I believe we've been blessed with some great teaching um, during the last year. Um, I don't know if anyone that really struck me, who remembers the talk that John did about Caleb last year? Anyone remember that one? You should go back and listen to it if you've forgotten. It was fantastic. Or when we've had visitors um, like uh, Jordan Seng and Damalola. Um, I really enjoyed the One Peter series that we've done at the start of this year, enriching teaching. But of course, being biblically based as a church is about more than just sermons on a Sunday. Um, when we get, it's, it's everything that we do through the week. It's when we gather together in small groups um, and in courses and in meetings and as individuals seeking to open the Bible and together as a church seeking its guidance from every, in every environment, from Trent seniors all the way through to Trent kids. Um, I heard a story actually that encouraged um, me. Um, towards the end of last year, Susie was chatting to a, partic- a particularly bold member of Trent Youth actually, who basically said they, wanted to, they would love to get on stage um, and have a go at preaching. And Susie knows this young person pretty well. So she said, well, do you know where that starts, mate? It starts not on the stage, but in your bedroom with a Bible. And he immediately said, well, that is not a problem. And he pulled out his phone to reveal that he'd got um, 186 days of Bible reading clocked up on his phone. Love that. (laughs) What a legend. We want to be like that. Next, God has built us to, um, called us to build a growing church. And growth, the word here, it means um, growing as disciples of Jesus, but also numerical growth. Um, and as you can see on these, these charts on the screen, and 2023 was an, it was an encouraging year. We saw growth in our numbers on Sundays, in kids, in youth, and on Trent Youth, in, in, in the week, across the board, really. Um, and everywhere, in different ministries. Um, in Trent Kids, apparently, they saw 147 new families visit for the first time. Todd Lahaven, um, one time they had 200 in the room. That sounds chaotic. Um, this year's Student Alpha... Um, was twice as big as the previous one. Um, And it's not all about numbers, of course, but numbers are important because they represent individuals who have been welcomed in to something, welcomed into a family. And people like this lady, um, Opie, I met her recently, um, and she was telling me about how on her first Sunday here, she met um, another person in the church called Lizzie, and they've become great friends. And this is a bit of their story. Hi, I'm Lizzie and I've been at Trent for over 25 years. I'm Hope Lua and I've been at Trent for four months. My friendship with Lizzie is amazing. Like I said, we were new in the country when we met her. We didn't know anybody much. I would say she's my first white friend and it just, it, it means warmth and welcoming and most importantly, it means God loves me because God had to express to me in her that I love you because she expressed so much of that. The first day we met, she she, she did a lot of follow-up messages and you would see the intentionality and the care and the messages she sent like, are you coping every day? Are you managing studies on your son? Have you started working? How are you paying your fees? I, I mean... That was, that was beyond natural. I mean, it just shows how much God is thinking about me and God expressed that to me in our friendship. I did not take that for granted. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so 
In terms of our friendship, um, well, I'd felt God stirring for a while, um, just to, to think about who who I was friends with, who I was friends with that that wasn't exactly the same as me. So, white, mid forties, um, and I've got a, a wide group of friends, but I, I really had felt God stirring, and I, I just. I just think that Sunday God led me to Lekan and Opelua and it's not difficult. It just isn't, hasn't been difficult, has it? It's just been just so flow. easy. There's been real flow, flow, total connection. We we click, we get on really well, we have a, a great laugh. But again, you know, just as um, just as you've said, there's 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 a real encouragement from the Holy Spirit. Like my spirit is lifted every time we're together. Mm. There's fun, there's laughter, but there's always there's an eye peace. on. There's an eye on what is God doing. I'm encouraged when I hear a story of His provision. Um, yeah. He's moved you into a house that's nearer where I live, and that just makes me excited because I'm like, oh, we can get to each other a bit easier, mm. or you're, you're around the corner. Um, yeah, it's just exciting. Trent has been meeting strategically God, people filled with love, open, even for people I never like spoke to. Just walking by and someone smiles at you and say, good morning. That says a lot. It's welcoming. It's beautiful. So it's it's been amazing in here. And oh, honestly, it's been home. It feels like I've been here one year and it's just four months. And guess what? It didn't feel like, oh, it's a Nigerian church, it's a UK church. It just felt it is God. God is one everywhere. That's exactly how it feels, being in Trent Vineyard. Lovely. And that's really how we grow as a church, one friendship, one relationship at a time. And I think this story is an encouraging example also of how our racial and ethnic diversity as a church is growing. Part of our vision is that we believe we're called to build a diverse church. And this is something that we, it's just our joy to witness this as it continues to grow. Um, I particularly notice it at our newcomers meals each month where we regularly welcome such a beautiful range of people from Asia, from Africa, from the Middle East, from all over. And um, Bullwell even, it's amazing. <laughs> We're called to build a church that worships in a creative and contemporary way. Um, a while back, one church member got chatting to a guy in a pub um, and playing a game with Paul, and he invited him along. And he said, um, you know, this guy had never stepped foot in a church building before, um, and, but he, he decided to come along, and he came through those doors, and apparently as the worship began, he turned to his new friend, and he said, well, you did tell me this was different, but this is beep different, isn't it? Really loud. But um, all the way through the service, um, he could just see that this guy was engaged with what was going on. And at the end, when we started to do the ministry time, he turned to him to see if there was an opportunity to offer to pray. But he was already engaged with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this is a big part of why we seek to be contemporary is so that somebody like that with little or no experience of church can walk through those doors and not feel like they've stepped into the 1800s, not feel weird or out of place, but feel welcome and at home, and in fact, encounter God, maybe for the first time. Next phrase, in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that what we do has power that stems not from us, but from the Spirit of God. And this year, we have had the joy of seeing the Holy Spirit at work in the midst of us. And for example, on the Alpha 
Holy Spirit Day, um, apparently there was, um, there was one table where four people um, had profound encounters with the Holy Spirit for the first time at the same time. So one spoke in tongues, um, another felt God um, moving and speaking to them in such a way that they were in tears. Another one gave their life to Jesus immediately afterwards saying, I just know it's true now. I loved that. I heard about um, a, a youth leader who prayed for a member of Trent Youth who had a painful ear infection. And as they prayed, this young person immediately welled up in tears because the pain stopped and then did not return. And it was checked in, they checked in days later. Um, at uh, Dreaming the Impossible this year, the National Youth Conference, Josh, our kids pastor, led something called Dream Kids for the Noughts to Elevens. And um, there they encouraged the children. And to partner with the Holy Spirit in, in new ways, in different ways. And so they built this big tree in the middle of the venue. They called it the tri-tree. And then they had these little bits of paper shaped like leaves. And the kids were encouraged to write something they were going to try or had tried down, put it on the tree. By the end of the week, it was covered in cards saying things like this. I tried praying for somebody for the first time. I prayed for the weather today and now it's sunny. Well done. I think that kid must be called Elijah. We tried to pray for Sarah's eczema, and she really felt the Holy Spirit. I tried, I tried to speak in tongues and smashed it. It's great. I think next year, maybe they're going to be working on the theme of humility after that. Okay. Next, um, we are called to worship God. Of course, everything that we do for God is a form of worship. Um, but just reflecting back, I want to particularly highlight some of the beautiful times that we have shared worshiping God in song together, like we did just now here on Sundays um, and, you know, over in Trent Youth and in Kids, um, at events like um, Bow Down, worshipping together in Market Square. What a privilege that was. Wherever, whether it's making space in small groups, in prayer meetings, pouring out our praise. It's our joy, it's our privilege to do it as a church and we will continue to push into that this year. We're also called, we believe, to communicate the gospel. And this year we have been busy sharing Jesus all over the place. We had um, 100 people do the Alpha course. There were 70 people made commitments to follow Jesus. The Jesus those conversations, 496 conversations through the um, outreach team on the streets and, and, and 90 baptisms. It, although I, I, I'm not totally sure of the origins of that 90 number, but what I did what I do know is from, from Ben, our newcomer's pastor, um, that um, there was actually in the last calendar year 135 baptisms. And we know that because it's the biggest year ever. Amazing. Again, it's not about numbers, but numbers are important because they represent individual lives that have been touched and changed and transformed by Jesus. Individual lives like Charlotte. Hi, my name is Charlotte. I've been coming to Trent from June, July 2023 when I encountered the Holy Spirit and gave my life to God. So I came to be at Alpha through desperation. Desperation, um, instability and a lifetime of mental health and sadness. Um, I had been trying for years to find something in life. Um, uh, the one place I didn't look was God. Um, I'd had a bad relationship with God for a long time. Um, during the Alpha course, about three, four weeks into it, um, I'd been giving prayer a go, I'd been giving reading the Bible a go, uh, not really had much of it. There was one night I was struggling to sleep, I was feeling um, in real despair, feeling really sad, 
Um, my dog, my partner, were fast asleep at the time, and it was about two, half two in the morning. I was praying to God, um, asking for help with the drug addiction that I was suffering with, um, and the sadness that was just implanted in my heart for so long. Um, and out of nowhere, I had the Holy Spirit encounter me. Um, the most fatherly voice inside and outside of my head said the word discipline to me, which was something that I've learned is needed in my life a lot. Um, I began to cry and laugh. My hairs were on end, um, as they are now, talking about it. Um, and it was incredible. And I could suffer for the rest of my days and I would never be able to deny God and Jesus as my saviour because that encounter was the best. <laughs> so the biggest change has been within me. Um, my outer, outer scenarios are still similar, still quite the same. Um, but I feel so at peace since encountering the Holy Spirit and giving my life to God. I have this internal peace and it's so deep that it can't be shaped by anything. And um, I spent all my life thinking I'm alone and I know I'm not. And to have a Holy Father who's perfect in every way, um, I have no words for it. Hopefully my expression is telling you now because there are no words for it. Um, I'm eternally grateful, eternally grateful. With regards to my friends coming to Alpha, um, it was one of them came to me and she said, I'm not sure what's happened to you, but I want some of it. Um, and there was only one thing to tell her, Jesus saved me. <laughs> um, she asked me if she could come along to Alpha. We had another friend who I never dreamed in a million years would actually be interested when I asked her. Um, I swung her in with a free dinner. She said, yeah, let's give it a go. Um, she's now given herself to Jesus as well and plans to get baptised this year. I know that this world is full of suffering, full of people who felt like me, who spend every day resilient enough not to give up, but sad enough to feel like they want to. Um, and I really would love to be a beacon for people and say, do you know what, you don't have to do that. I spent 20 years being angry, being defensive, cutting off friends, cutting off family, um, not giving love because I never felt it, when actually God's whole point is to say for us, love, 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 love. Charlotte, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Wonderful stuff. Amazing. Next word I want to highlight is compassion. Again, it's been a busy year in our compassion ministries. Um, £875,000 of debt written off um, uh, through our Trent Compassion um, Debt Step Forward Money Advice Service. 1,700 bits of furniture, all those items donated at Christmas to those in need around the city, shed loads of money sent overseas, and uh, this horde, this army, 246 of you on Trent Compassion teams. And because of that, there's so much that goes on under the, um, under the umbrella of Trent Compassion. The, the prisons team have been doing a fantastic job going into three different prisons. Um, for the last month and apparently for the next couple of months, we're hosting um, a, a, sleep, a rough sleeper's shelter um, in the building next door. 
And partnering with Hope Into Action, we now have four houses around the city providing accommodation for those that need it. Um, Step Forward Money Advice, I mentioned those a second ago. They shared about this um, one particular client who they've been helping over a period of a couple of years um, who has a particularly complex debt situation. And so they've helped this man practically, um, but they were also able to, during that time to offer him friendship and pastoral support and prayer. And the team recently met his wife for the first time, and she shared that the stress of his debt had weighed so heavily that he had come close to taking his life. And she was of the view that Step Forward had not just improved his financial situation, but literally saved his life. And of course, being compassionate as a church involves not only loving those outside the church, but also within the church too. Um, I heard one, one story that just encapsulates this. A lady in the church who broke her leg really badly and she had to spend a month in hospital. And during that time, so many people visited her from Trent um, that, that, that she had to have a rotor. And the nurses um, joked, who's on the rotor today? Love that. Um, it was encouraging to see after those floods, um, just stories of church members dashing across the city to literally bail one another out. Compassionate. Next, we want to communicate the gospel with generosity. Um, you are a phenomenally generous church, um, and we seek to be generous with all that the Lord entrusts to us. One of the ways that we um, seek to ensure that is that 22% of our income, everything that comes in, is set apart to be either given away or spent on activities and things that benefit those outside of our church. So it funds stuff like Trent Compassion Ministries. Um, it's also, we use that money to, to, to send financial gifts and support to numerous other organisations and charities. Um, we support a number of overseas partners around the globe. That 22% also includes money that we contribute to the wider vineyard movement. Um, and it also facilitates um, blessing the community projects. Small groups um, um, have a budget to go out and bless their communities in loads of different creative ways. Just one example of this this year, um, a small group that um, was um, working in a fairly deprived part of the city, and they approached the pastoral support worker who was um, a, a, a local school and asked if there was anything that they could do to help. It was coming up towards Christmas, and so this, this, this worker gave them some, some ideas and said, yes, this will be helpful. And so they ended up supporting 10 of the neediest families just before Christmas, and the support worker wrote to them to say, I just wanted to thank you and the church members for the amazing gifts. It was a privilege to see the faces of our families and their heartfelt thanks. I'd also love to draw attention to how extraordinarily generous you are um, through sharing a bit of a summary of our finances, uh, the church finances. Um, and so I'm just going to talk about that and talking particularly about the last financial year, which ran from July 22 to June 23. So we've got some charts to illustrate that. Okay, so during that year, the total income that came into the church was 2.52, just over 2.52 million pounds. Um, and um, I think... It's just worth stopping and acknowledging that is extraordinary. That is amazing. What, a gen what a, an example of God's provision, his generosity to us, and his generosity reflected in the heart of those of you who give. It's incredible. As you can see, like the majority of that comes from 
um, regular giving plus the gift aid that we're able to claim from the government as a charity on top of that, um, plus profit associated with the great performance from the trading team. And of course, without your generosity, pretty much all the stuff that we're celebrating today just simply would not be possible. Now, in the same year, our expenditure um, was just under £2.68 million. Pounds. Um, and the observance amongst you will have clocked that we actually spent more during that year than came in, a deficit of around £150,000. And this was something that our finance team, together with our trustees, anticipated and budgeted for in light of the financial climate at the time. The combination of inflation, um, utility costs, increased costs associated with being a living wage employer, these things had simply driven up the expenditure quicker than giving and trading income could keep up with it. Thankfully, we have healthy reserves that have been built up over a number of years, and so we chose to use our reserves to bridge that gap as opposed to drastically and suddenly restricting or constraining church activity. Okay, so that was for the last um, financial year. To give you a sense of where we are now, because now we're like seven months on into the next financial year, um, as we all probably are aware, the financial climate remains tough. And despite careful budgeting this year, we anticipate another substantial deficit this year we anticipate it'll be something like £200,000 by the end of the year as we bear the full impact of some of the price hikes that, it, that occurred midway through the previous year. So once again, we do have reserves to make up that shortfall and enable us to continue to push into all the things we feel the Lord's calling us to do. But as you can see, this is not a pattern that's sustainable in the long term. And so we're really in a moment where there are two things that need to come together. First, um, we really need for our income to increase because our reserves won't last forever. And so we'd love, for example, to see some of the increase that we've seen on Sunday attendance and numbers that way, that traits to then track through to our giving. And some of um, those who are yet, who would call this church their family, but who are yet to start giving and join with others who are to do so. The other thing that we really feel needs to happen is that our finance and our leadership teams and our trustees need to work together, make further efforts, as we did last year, to carefully manage our budgets and look for further efficiencies to reduce expenditure. And providing we're able to do those two things, we anticipate steering back to a balanced budget um, over the next 18 to 24 months. Now, if you'd like a little bit more of a detailed um, update of this, I've done a, a video that you can find at trentv.org vision on our website. But really, just to give you the headlines, really, um, the situation is, um, we want to say, if you are currently financially giving, we are so grateful for your generosity. Um, it's um, a wonderful example of your worship and faith. It resources so much of what we do, and we appreciate it, especially at a time when household budgets are tight. The second thing I'd say is that if you consider this to be your church family and you're yet um, to, to join those of us who are giving financially, uh, maybe you've looked around and thought, well, they seem to have plenty of resources here. There's probably a bit of spare money sloshing around. Hopefully this update clarifies the situation. That's not quite the situation we're in. So please do consider joining in with investing with those of us who are and in investing in God's kingdom in this way. And hopefully you can see as we're sharing all these stories today, it facilitates so much fruit and wonderful stuff. The other thing we'd say is if you're currently um, giving and it's been a while since you reviewed it, please do take some time to do that in the coming days. And finally, I just wanted to mention gift aid. Um, if you are a UK taxpayer, 
we are able to claim an additional 25 pence on every pound that you give from the government um, and harness it for kingdom activity. Um, but we can't do that if you don't give us your consent to do so. So please do that if you haven't. And I'll mention at the end how you can do all those kind of things. Okay, so there's an update on our finances. Moving on, we are called to make, train, and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, and to plant new churches. Part of being a healthy church is this constant work of raising up and training and building disciples who can then take responsibility and lead and influence in different ways. And um, some of the ways that we pursue this are through structured learning and training environments, things like the Inspire course that was mentioned in the announcements, um, the Vineyard Theology that we do, we've got Leadership College. And as you can see, there's been lots of people engaging with those things, 53 people stepping into new leadership roles during the last year. Um, but of course, it's not just about learning um, in, in sort of class uh, headspace kind of ways. It's about learning in practice, putting it into, into practice. So like, I love, for example, the way that on Jesus at the door, um, there's the training that they do first, and then we get out onto the streets to have a go at it. And I'd love in particular to mention small groups and the vital role that they play, not just in being a place of belonging and pastoral support, but environments, fertile environments where readers leaders can be raised up and equipped. They're like grow bags for new leaders. And this year we have seen 19 sets of small group leaders either plant um, or take on leadership of a transitioning group. That's like so important and precious um, because it helps to contribute to the spread of small groups that we have across the city and beyond. And we would love to see more small groups planted in this coming year. Our vision statement also mentions um, planting churches. Um, over the years as a church, we've planted numerous churches, the most recent one being Leicester Vineyard back in 2018. And our hope is that we can soon begin to build once again on that legacy of planting new churches from here. And, you know, as I'm talking about this and leadership stuff in general, it may be that this, this is stirring your heart today. And if that's you, I'd love to invite you to consider what your next step could be this year. It might be um, attending our potential leaders training, Inspire, or applying for um, Zoe or Rooted, one of our discipleship years, or exploring the leadership college that we have here, or exploring the idea of planting a new small group. We want to be a fertile environment where you can grow, where you can take your next step that the Lord's leading you into. And whilst it's not, um, it's not strictly a church planting story, I'd love to share with you um, about uh, this couple who've been part of the church, Andy and Lisa. Um, Andy and Lisa, came, they first came here around 10 years ago, shortly after Andy had come to faith. Um, and then for the last, most of the last 10 years, they've been part of this church family, despite the fact that they live about 90 minutes away, because they just love you lot. Um, and during those years, they, Andy got baptised here, they got married, um, and they began to emerge as leaders. Um, they commute here to Nottingham on a Sunday to serve on various teams, and even midweek to attend, and then eventually they led a small group and they received training as they did this through things like Inspire and Leadership College and so on. Anyway, 
Meanwhile, while all this was happening, they got to know the local vicar in their home church in Shropshire, in a place called Shifnal. And they began helping out at one or two events there. And the vicar was just delighted to see Andy and Lisa. They started to apply some of the stuff that they'd learned here in that local church context. And so they started alpha courses. They started setting up different groups. They introduced healing prayer to services. And in 2022, um, the vicar had been um, trying to get this uh, more contemporary service off the ground because it's quite a sort of a rural, traditional church. Um, and he wanted one that had contemporary worship and a ministry time, stuff like that. So he said, would you be up for taking this on? And they have seen through that people come to faith. Um, others have had their faith revitalised. People learning to pray. Um, uh, you know, people in their old age starting to pray for healing for the first time in their life. Um, and I remember at their first, that service, the first time they led it, they texted me that night to say they'd had 13 people come along and they were delighted because they got to pray with an old lady who had a poorly knee. Last Sunday, they messaged me to say they just had over 100 people there. Isn't that amazing? And um, this year, um, Andy and Lisa um, and us at Trent, we have come to recognise that the Lord is just clearly leading them to continue to build momentum in that church family. And it's wonderful to release them with our blessing and with our full hearts, um, which segues nicely to another aspect of our vision. We believe we are called to contribute to the wider body of Christ. Christ. John Wimby say you get to give. We are so blessed in terms of the resources that we have and the people that we have. And one of our joys is to just give it away to serve the wider body. It's our joy and our privilege to host, for example, the Vineyard National Leaders Gathering um, that happens each, here each year. Um, or Thy Kingdom Come, when you know we ha- this room is full with people from churches all across the city coming together to, to pray and worship just before Pentecost. The Cause to Live For, the Young Adults Conference. And DTI, Dreaming the Impossible. At DTI um, last summer, it's our national um, youth conference. And not only did 208 young people from Trent go, but 185 of you went to help make it happen, to serve on teams there. It's brilliant. And it's just so, it's so exciting what's going on um, through this, the team that Susie's leading at DTI. Um, in fact, last night, there was hundreds of young people in this room for a DTI roadshow. Um, and they had, I've forgotten the numbers, I think it's 22 people gave their life to Jesus for the first time, another 18, 17 recommitments. It's so exciting. DTI is going to be bigger and better this year. And we can't help to do all we can to serve them and all lots of other stuff that I've just mentioned around um, the country to support the wider body. So I guess in summary, I would say it's been an incredible year, hasn't it? And uh, there are so many areas that I haven't even mentioned. Um, The fireworks party, the church picnic, the student summer party, the Christmas party, the student weekend away. I could go on and on. We've also launched Trent Seniors this year. Hooray! And... um, if you, I just want to say, if you serve in an area um, that hasn't been mentioned today, please don't feel left out. It reminds me of um, um, every fortnight here we have a, a staff meeting. And we always start our staff meetings by um, sharing stories, celebrating some of the stuff that God's been up to. And a little while ago, one member of staff who works um, primarily in pastoral care... Um, on the way over to the meeting, he said, oh, I feel a bit sheepish that we never, you know, we don't often have exciting stories to share because so much of what we do is caring for people in difficult times. A lot of it is just too sensitive to share. And I just immediately reacted, oh, please don't feel sheepish. 
be encouraged. Because these stories, the stories that are shared, are your stories too. If we didn't have a pastoral care team to help folks through difficult times, then I'm pretty sure we certainly wouldn't have lots of other stories about exciting things going on in other parts of the church. Do you see the point I'm making? If we didn't have, if we didn't have a host team putting the chairs out, if we didn't have car parking team, refreshments, first aiders, if we didn't have an operations team as a church, different ones of us serve in different ways Different parts of the body have different jobs, but together they do their work. And so I just want to say, if you serve on a team, if you give financially, however you participate, thank you for taking your place and for playing your part. Well done. But of course, as the Bible verse says on the wall over there, unless the Lord builds the house, the labourers toil in vain. Ultimately today, What it's really all about is giving the thanks and the honour and the glory and the praise to the Lord, doesn't it? Like it says on the, the verse behind me, let's just read it. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy, aren't we? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, that's last year. What about the year ahead? Um, as in previous years, our senior leadership team and um, others, we've been praying and seeking to discern what the God might, what, what the Lord might, what the God, what the Lord and the God might be inviting us to press into in the season ahead. And you know, the overall vision isn't changing, but are there particular aspects of our vision that He's prompting us to lean into? Particular pedals that He's inviting us to push on. And we've been asking, what is the Lord doing around us? And one of the things that I think we have a shared sense is that this seems to be a time where the Lord is particularly calling people into his presence. Um, You might remember around about this time last year, there was a spiritual outpouring um, in Asbury in the States. And there's just been moments through the year, moments in particular moments in DTI or at Course to Live For, and and to some extent, moments that we've shared here in this room where we feel that the Lord is reminding us of the importance of drawing into his presence, growing close to him, because it's the presence of God when he dwells in us and when he fills us that we are empowered and we're transformed over time and we are inspired to go and be his witnesses. His presence always leads to a purpose. In fact, um, Susie um, had an experience recently um, where she was trying to um, fly a kite um, with um, some children, um, and she, there wasn't any wind, and she felt as though um, God was saying to her in that moment, without the wind of the Spirit, nothing happens. And then a little while later, the wind came, and this thing just flew. His presence is the power that leads to purpose. And so two pedals that we feel the Lord is inviting us to push on this year are the presence of God and outward looking. And both of these things, they're kind of like, you know, they're familiar things. They're part of our DNA, really. But we feel particularly drawn towards the connection between the two, particularly the way that his presence leads and spurs us outwards. And um, an image that we found helpful, an image that struck us a while ago, was um, of um, Green's Windmill in Slenton. You might have um, visited it before. A historic building in our city that was built with a practical purpose but a purpose that it was unable to fulfill unless it was empowered by the wind. In the same way, we as a church, we're like this windmill. We cannot serve our practical purpose in this city if we're not empowered and filled by the wind of the Spirit. 
We receive from him and we give. He fills us and sends us. And so this year, we want to work on these two things. We want to put up our sails to be filled with him to go and do the job he's given us. And so through the year, we'll be looking at these two pedals in different ways. It'll involve, um, in terms of the presence of God, we want to grow in our practical experience of God's presence in environments, but also grow in our biblical understanding of God's presence. And so we'll be doing stuff like looking at sermons around questions like, what does it really mean when we say, come Holy Spirit? Or what does it really mean when we say God is in us or on us or with us? And we're also going to be pushing this year into a fresh challenge to look outwards. You know, I heard a little while ago of um, one student, for example, who um, he, he saw a guy in the gym um, who had a cross, wearing a cross, and so he just decided to take a risk and start a conversation with that guy about Jesus. And it led to him ultimately coming along to an alpha course here and just really getting plugged in. His faith um, came alive. I think he was on the student weekend away. We want this year to be pushing into sharing Jesus and his kingdom um, through structured ministries like Alpha and things like that, but also and perhaps especially in those kind of everyday moments. And so we'll unpack um, as we go through the year some of the practical ways that we want to do that. But I want to mention with these two pedals, two specific dates for your diary. If you check out the connect sheet that you sat on, if you just open that up, you'll see a couple of dates in there, vision events. Um, So on the 8th of March, so that's coming up soon on Friday, come Holy Spirit, a night of worship, prayer, an opportunity to encounter God's presence, just see what he wants to do. So please make that a priority. And then 21st um, through to the, actually the the 22nd and the 23rd of June, um, outward looking weekend. So Friday night, prayer and worship here. Saturday, blessing the community projects all over the place. Sunday, we'll be celebrating everything that happened. So I'd encourage you um, to take this connect sheet home with you today. And also, please do um, put it somewhere in your home in these coming days and weeks where you can see it. And I'd encourage you to pray about this vision and for us as a church, but also for you as an individual. In what way is God inviting you to take your next step as part of this vision this year? And just some examples of what that might look like for you. For some, this year... It's time to get plugged in. It's time to get into a small group. Perhaps you've been thinking about it for a while, but that story of Lizzie and Opie, for example, has prompted you, it's time to do that. For others, it might be serving on a team. And perhaps you've heard a story today or heard about an area that's caught your heart or your eye. Um, And I want to encourage you, if either of those things would apply, strike while the iron is hot. Apparently, um, studies have shown that if you put it off until tomorrow or you decide to do it later on in the week, you're statistically way less likely to do anything about it. So do something about it today. There's a link that you can use on the screen um, to express an interest in those things, or you can do it over at the Connect area. For others of us in the room and for others of you, it might be to do with giving. Um, It might be that God is stirring you to invest in what the Lord is doing here by starting or increasing your giving. Um, And if you'd like to do that, um, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, to shrink that deficit that I mentioned this year and enable us to push further and deeper into all that the Lord has for us. And so if you'd like to get involved and get on board with that, you can find details of how to do it at trentv.org slash give. Um, And um, if you do make any changes, it would be helpful if you could email the finance team, giving at trentvineyard.org. 
Um, you can also express an interest in that by heading over to the Connectera. They've got um, little cards like this that tell you what steps to take. What an incredible year it's been. And as we look to the year ahead, um, we're going to come back to look once again at our vision statement together. But as we do that, can I invite you to stand? And I think Susie's going to join me.